This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC, Cincinnati. This is the nation station. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. It's episode 115. Today on our show, Jim Sheets. The Humane Society of the United States, Inc. had not renewed their corporate charter. So I immediately uh, go to my office when I found that out and uh, incorporated the Humane Society of the United States, Inc. under my name. I was now the Humane Society of the United States, Kenny Harris. I put on the board of directors and I made Sam the president of the corporation. Yes, Jim was the attorney for Sam the Chimp. Actually, he was hired by Sam's owner, Kenny Harris, who also owned the Train Stop Cafe and Inn in what used to be called Foster, and that's where Sam lived, of course. It's just east of Landon on the bike trail, if you're familiar with the area. Today, the place is called the Monkey Cafe, in honor of Sam. Kenny and Sam found themselves in some legal trouble back in the late 80s, brought on by the Humane Society, and Jim represented them. Jim not only told us about that, but about a famous athlete who hired him after that for a similar case, but this one involving the ownership of some exotic tigers. Hmm. So if you've been liking the podcast, you can help support it by uh, PayPal or Venmo. Simply use podcast at cincyshirts.com and chip in whatever you feel is fair. Also, be sure to listen for the special promo code for 20% off near the end of the episode. Now let's talk to Jim Sheets. Cincinnati, Ohio. I come from C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I, Cincinnati. She came down from Cincinnati just maybe think of me once in a while. I'm at cincyshirts.com in Cincinnati. So this is awesome. This is a, an episode that has been in the, the works for a few months now. Uh, I remember sitting at my computer and uh, seeing an email come through. Every now and then we get emails like, hey, you know, I remember this or I remember that. And someone will tell a little story. Uh, This particular email said, hey, I saw your Sam the Chimp shirts. Pretty cool stuff. I used to be his lawyer. (laughs) And so uh, (laughs) that definitely got my attention. so I anyway, did, I, I, so I did have human clients, but not many. <laughs> Man, so we're we're here with uh, Jim Sheets, uh, and Jim, you're living in Florida still, or was that? Yes, I'm in Fort Myers. Okay, how how is it down there? Uh, gloom and doom. Oh, oh, it's hot. <laughs> That's good. The uh, all the beaches closed and everything. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, in here hiding out with my wife and my cat and about to go crazy. <laughs> Good times. Um, so, yeah, so let's uh, – so, so for some people that don't know, uh, tell us a little more about uh, just kind of Sam the Chimp. This is, this is all about him today. Like what, what do you know about him? Where did he come from? Where did they, where did they buy him? What, uh, I mean, we just know the rumors. Um, and we know that we can put Sam the Chimp on anything, and people love it. People buy that stuff up, and uh, 
he's definitely loved up there in uh, Loveland. Yeah, and I, I can vouch for that. I've worked in the Loveland store uh, from time to time helping out, and um, every day someone comes in, at least one person comes in and goes, oh, uh, look, uh, Sam, we got to get that for so-and-so, and then they'll tell me some story they've heard, and then they'll ask me, so I need to get the whole story straight so I can get, so we can get people sorted. Well, along those lines, I was down, I moved here about 15 years ago, and I went down to an art show down in Naples, where they have a very nice one, and I'm walking around, and I see this lady offering some craft or another, and I look up, and it says she's from Foster's, Ohio, and I had to walk up to her, and I said, you're from Foster's, and she said, huh, you don't even know where Foster's is, and I said, you may be surprised. I once represented a gentleman named Sam, and she paused, looked at me, and said, the monkey lawyer. <laughs> so, so do you know much about him? Like where he uh... – Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, he came from – Kenny Harris was a client of mine, and he owned the train stop in a honky-tonk honky down in Foster's, and uh, a lot of bikers and such. And I, the rumor is, um, I don't know if this is fact or not, but he, uh, a motorcycle gang got him away from a circus or something like that. And somehow or another, he made his way to the train stop in. Uh, and and uh, my client, Kenny Harris, uh, and, and that's, as, that's as, as far as I know, you know, where he came from. It was kind of sad. I didn't like to see that sort of thing, but uh, I... After all, I'm a lawyer and I represent people. One morning, I was sitting in my office. I practice in Lebanon, Ohio. It's a little town north of Cincinnati. And uh, the phone rings and uh, I hear the voice and I'm new as Kenny. said, Jim, they got my monkey. And we started from there. <laughs> You're like, monkey? <laughs> That's what he said. They got my monkey. <laughs> So, yeah, so did you have to take a second to, you know, figure out, you know, I mean, obviously you said it wasn't an idea or a, it wasn't a question of whether uh, whether or not you should do it or not. It was just, hey, I'm going to I'm going to go for this. See what this well, I have uh, had something of a reputation of taking on lost causes and that sort of thing. And of course, how could I resist being a chimpanzee, particularly against a uh, a nationwide corporation who was picking on my little guy client. That was perfect. Yeah. Uh, in my mind, I certainly wasn't going to make any money at it, but uh, I think Kenny was getting beat up on, and I am, after all, a lawyer, and often represent those who are getting beaten upon. So, uh, so what were his uh, living conditions? I mean, I, we hear all sorts of stories like oh he was just on a cage outside but yeah you said it's clippings too from the newspapers and it's uh some of them earlier pretty pretty brutal descriptions well that's i guess that depends on your point of view Uh, he had a very nice living condition actually it was uh he had a tv and a couch uh in his cage he uh was treated very well uh as we later proved uh well fed and um, so he he didn't. He, uh, to my mind, I think we proved it. Certainly, uh, Kenny was, after all, acquitted on uh, the charges of animal cruelty. Certainly, it was a cage. This was a sixteen-year-old 
chimpanzee who's uh, <laughs> a large thing and tear your head off if he got loose or something. But he was, you know, fairly tame. In fact, people told me he used to go in. Kenny would let him go into the uh, train stop in and sit on a stool and talk to the people there. This was sort of a rough bar back then. And he would also take down on the river and go fishing with him. But what 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 sparked this whole thing was the bike trail that uh, went along right by the train stop in. And that was opened, and all of a sudden, uh, people from Indian Hill dressed in uh, tight lycra and funny, funny outfits were starting to drive by and didn't like to see this ape in a cage. So I, everything. I think that started the whole affair. Wow. One thing led to another. Humane Society of the United States, which, by the way, is, has nothing to do with the United States government. It's a corporation, and a charitable corporation, I'm sure. But uh, they're required to put ink behind their name like everybody else, but they don't do it because they think that... Uh, People are going to believe and do believe that it's a uh, uh, function of the United States government. So, so they just, you were you were a you were a assistant county prosecutor, right? You know, I did a lot of things as I practiced. Yeah, I was for a while assistant prosecutor. It's just I just uh, I just think it's it's funny that you like went from a position of like the other side of the courtroom, like was that a conscious decision that you made that you wanted to be on the, the other side and be defending people versus the one doing the prosecuting? Well, that's quite common as a, an assistant prosecutor. That's how you get courtroom time. And that's what I was or wanted to be a courtroom lawyer. And uh, so it's quite common for young lawyers right out of uh, law school to become assistant prosecutors just for the, uh, it certainly didn't pay much, just for the uh, experience. And I was only part-time. I was up in Lebanon after all. This was not uh, uh, downtown Cincinnati by any means. So I was part-time. I would prosecute cases in county court and misdemeanors, that type of thing. Wow. So when he called and said that they took his monkey, uh, where did they take him? They took him up to Ohio State. They had a primate lab up there. I mean, after all, where do you take a 16-year-old, 150-pound ape, you know? I had a lot of friends in the, uh, the sheriff's office, of course. I knew everybody. And uh, a childhood friend of mine, Bill Dunn, was, I think, the chief deputy at the time. And we had, a, two of us had a fun relationship over this. Uh, but somehow they got him... They grabbed, they got a search warrant. They, I mean, the Humane Society of the United States, and I still haven't figured out who signed that, but uh, they took him up to, to Columbus and charged my client with cruelty to animals. Thus started the circus. Uh, I contacted uh, Kenny that morning. I said, Kenny, you got to come up here and tell me about this. So he did. He came up to the office and we talked it all over. And uh, I started doing my research and such and discovered all about the Humane Society of the United States who had seized this animal or on their behalf. They got a search warrant and seized the animal. So uh, I, you know, go my usual way of lawyering away. And as a trial lawyer, I was always the key to that is preparation. 
So I started looking around, and turns out I found out that the Humane Society of the United States, Inc., uh, had let their corporate charter uh, lapse. And uh, that's a big mistake. Uh, they were being represented by a downtown white shoe Cincinnati law firm. So I just sat on that. I didn't say anything. And as the case went on and on, it got more like a circus. And it started getting international uh, coverage all over the world. In fact, somebody was on uh, vacation. I knew was on vacation in Australia. He called me up from Australia and he says, Jesus Christ, I go on vacation. I got to open a paper and there you are. <laughs> so it was fun. And, uh, and I, I noticed also on I'm looking I was looking at your other podcast. Uh, is Gary Burbank still around? He was all over this. And I was on his show a couple of times during this as this went on. Uh, yeah, we're supposed to have him on, actually. We were supposed to go visit him over in northern Kentucky. His daughter uh, is doing a podcast, and he was, was supposed to interview all his former writers. I used to write for him. And um, we're still trying to get that sorted. Maybe we'll do one of these here Skype interviews. Maybe a little easier on him. But, uh, but yeah, Gary's still around. We have some of his shirts, actually. Well, good. Ask him about Sam the Champion. We're all about that. All right. That's great. But, yeah, that's crazy. That's like, okay, so the Humane Society thinks it's cruel to have a, a chimp hanging out with a TV and a couch where people, you know, love him and, you know, give him treats all day, I imagine. And then they take him to Columbus where I bet he was probably still in a cage and probably didn't have a TV or a couch. Exactly. No one had access to it. I mean, to me, that's cruel than, you know, taking an animal out of, uh, you know, what what ripped it. He did. He, he didn't, he didn't really drink beer. He drank, grape soda but the interesting thing was what people would come by there and watch you could hand him a can of beer or grape anything popped up well he'd open it and uh, you know drink it a bit but his favorite was grape soda uh, also you could hand him a, a pack of cigarettes he would open the pack of cigarettes knock one out put it in his mouth hand you back the pack of cigarettes you hand him a bit lighter and he'd light it that well, was fairly extraordinary. He didn't, just like Bill Clinton, he didn't inhale. <laughs> <laughs> he lit the cigarette himself? Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. He was quite quite dexterous. In fact, uh, I heard a story, and it was true or not, but early on when Kenny first got him, he would be sitting in this roughneck bar and I understand it's now been thoroughly epified, but it used to be a pretty rough place. And somebody had a – Sam was sitting at the bar, and somebody had a pistol out, and Sam had a hold of the pistol somehow, and that cleared the bar. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, you hear stories of, like, those biker bars or whatever that have, like, a orangutan or something in the basement, and then, you know, someone drinks a couple beers, and then they – they bet the bartender, you know, a week's pay that they could go down and beat him in a wrestling match or something like that. But I mean, I guess you just assume that, you know, that's all legend and lore. But uh, it was that, certainly, you know, hold my beer and watch this. Yeah. And during the course of uh, leading up to the trial, there was a uh, actual biker um, clubhouse or whatever right across the river. 
And I knew, as I say, I, I was born in Lebanon, so I knew everybody. And I said, you know, because I had to show part of the defense to show that he was not abused or he was treated well or whatever. Well, whoever did best to do this with these bikers over across the river. So one day I get, I had a fancy Nissan sports car and go down there. And of course, I had my lawyer suit on and all this. And a guy named Joe Mesher was the chief of the motorcycle club at the time. He weighed about 300 pounds, big, tough guy, whom I knew, and I knew his brother as well. So anyway, I pull up in front of the little clubhouse of theirs. These rough-looking guys are on the porch, and I get out of my car. I'm not a very big guy, but I had my lawyer suit on. They give me the evil eye, and he said, yeah, what do you want? And I said, I want to talk to Joe Mesher, and I want his ass down here right now. Well, they thought I was the craziest man in the world or the toughest guy in the world. So the minute I, the minute next minute I hear this laugh, and it's Joe uh, comes down, and we had to talk about Sam. And they, I used him, or one of the guys, I think, I don't remember who, as a witness to show that Sam was well-treated. So how long did this trial go on for? Well, the trial was only like a day. Yeah. But the pre preparation, as you might know, goes on. There's all kind of motions back and forth. I tried to, I wanted to get uh, them to produce Sam. Well, I couldn't do. They wouldn't do that naturally enough. And so we, I said, all right, I want some visitation. I need to go see my client. So they agreed, uh, or the court agreed. So we had a little caravan that went up to uh, Ohio State, uh, so we could visit. Uh, Sam, well, of course, by now it's all over the media, and it really was a media circus. TV was there and such, and then another guy comes and alleged that he had this little female chimpanzee, a small one, and he had that female chimpanzee dressed up in a, a little girly outfit and alleged it was Sam's girlfriend, and he wanted to visit with the girlfriend. Well, this was getting completely out. Uh, so, the, uh, again, as we prepared for trial uh i had in my pocket if you recall i told you i found out that uh the humane society of the united states inc had not renewed their corporate charter and it was just you know negligent it was only cost five bucks or something to do it but they didn't do it so i immediately uh, go to my office when i found that out and uh incorporated the humane society of the united states inc under my name <laughs> so, uh, I was now the Humane Society of the United States, Kenny Harris. I put on the board of directors, and I made Sam the president of the corporation. Well, of course, <laughs> no way. Oh, yes. Well, the, uh, the president nuts over that. I mean, this is but amazing. I told people, you know, I didn't start this. You know, they started this. Uh, so after that, that and, so anyway, we were preparing for trial. And they had to move the trial to the the big courthouse where they had uh, then it was a new fairly new courthouse and they had provisions for TV and press and such and it was a much larger courtroom because as you might imagine it was a hot ticket at the time. So I uh, uh, I went to the grocery and I bought all this food and stuff that Sam would normally eat. Monkey chow, bananas, and I had a big pile of that, and I took that in the courtroom with me. Um, Monkey chow? Oh, yeah. Well, the same thing they feed at the zoo. Yeah, that's real. 
the uh, press was all over this business about swiping their name. It was pretty funny. But again, I didn't start this nonsense. Then I find out this is before trial uh, in discovery. They had, their expert witness was a vet from Ohio State. And I talked to the guy uh, when we went up to visit. And I said, look, tell me, you know, they're trying to prove this cruelty to the animal. How is Sam? Um, from a from a vet's point of view, he says, "Oh, he's perfectly healthy. He's, he's he's nice and fairly tame. We're not particularly afraid of him. We do keep him in a cage." And I said, "Well, that's fine." And I didn't say anything about it. But mind you, if they're relying on this expert witness who just told me there's nothing wrong with this animal, what are they going to? How are they going to prove cruelty? They have to do that. And so I sat on that. Finally, we get to uh, uh, trial, and of course, they couldn't. They prosecutor goes first and they put on all these uh, witnesses trying to prove cruelty. Uh, well, finally, uh, I've forgotten her name. She's on TV as a primatologist of some repute, uh, was an expert witness. And she was going to testify and did that even though he may be perfectly healthy to a vet and not a thing wrong with him, you could prove or they tried to prove cruelty to animals psychologically. And this is a little tough with a, an ape, after all, I was thinking. So I'm listening to all this, and this woman starts making ape sounds, and, and the jury and the, everybody's enjoying this. Uh, so I sat quietly, which, by the way, is difficult for a lawyer to do. <laughs> Let her go on and on. And, and the final came to share her real testimony they ask, well, how do you know that he was psychologically bothered or abused? And she said, well, I visited Sam while he was down in the cage, right, as this just started. And I uh, got with him, I don't know, 50 feet. He made eye contact with me and commenced to abuse himself, as apes are wont to do. <laughs> and, uh, well, this got a few teehees in the... Uh, audience. And uh, now the defense gets to ask questions. This is called cross-examination. And that was a nugget that no lawyer could avoid using. So I asked ma'am, and I, I credited Mae West with this. I said, ma'am, it couldn't be equally true that he was just glad to see you. <laughs> yeah, that's just a little, a little how do you do? There's a banana right. in his pocket. Uh, yeah, that... Uh, Pretty much cleared the courtroom. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. You don't remember her name? Was it Carol Baskins? <laughs> the expert? I'm oh, just kidding. Have you watched the Tiger King documentary? No, no. Oh, you need to watch that. You might have a new, uh, you might have a new client. Well, Several. I've already represented tiger, tigers and all sorts of things. Just on account of the press, we got on uh, the Sam the Chimp case. One day, again, I was sitting in my office, the phone rings, and it's Mike Tyson. I said, well, and so I represented him. We had two tigers up in northern Ohio, and the zoning people were aggrieved about that. And But anyway, so it started a very strange sideline. I've represented wolves and tigers and bears and all manners of stuff. That's crazy. So Mike Tyson I, himself calls you? Yeah. That's just uh, that's just one story, apparently. Have you, have, you, have you talked to anyone about making a movie? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> Although I, I have to tell you, this is not video, but I should, you should know I'm very good looking. <laughs> sure. who, who would play you in the movie? Oh, who knows? Pee Wee, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Pee Wee Herman? Yeah, or somebody like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Pee Wee Herman, the, the, the lawyer. That's crazy. I read in the article also that when you went to Columbus for the, the trial, that Sam had a girlfriend that you brought along to. Yeah, to- Susie. I didn't bring me. Just some other person. <laughs> I don't even know. Her name was Susie. Now, the trial was not in Columbus. I was just visiting Sam. He was. Uh, in residence at oh, uh, oh just to visit Sam. Uh, at, yeah at, at Ohio State. So you represented Wait. other animals. You said, uh, "Is it was it in the same way defending owners' rights to keep them, or were there other were yes. there different kinds?" Yes. Of ca- okay. Also, I did a case down in uh, southeastern Ohio, Jackson County, I think, where there's a it's a big chicken fighting uh, area, and. Uh, they, 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 they had built a barn just for the chicken fighting. Well, one day the the uh, sheriff raids the place and like, no, well, he didn't arrest, but handed out about 400 tickets, citations to everybody who was there. So my uh, phone starts ringing and that was, I said, well, they can do that, I guess. It's illegal to do chicken fighting. But it's kind of a cultural thing, to be frank, in that area. And the public was all behind the chicken fighters. So uh, we had that trial, and I won on a, quote, technicality, because the sheriff had screwed up all the citations. And by that time, they had enough of me, so they just the whole thing went away. So what was the Humane Society's uh, response when they found out that you uh, incorporated their company or whatever? I, I mean, how, how long was Sam the Chimp the uh, president of uh, the Humane Society? Well, their response at my behest was monetary. I sold it back to them at a reasonable price. <laughs> nice. Hopefully <laughs> more than five bucks. Well, I did that just to embarrass them, and it worked. I, in fact, when this started, I called up the local Humane Society. Whom I, you know, I knew everybody. And Mary Lee Schwartzwalder was the uh, lady in charge of that. And I said, Mary Lee... You don't, want, you don't want the local society to get involved with this because I'm going to beat these people up pretty bad, and you don't want anywhere near this. And she took my advice and later thanked me for that. So the big question I always get is, what ha- whatever happened to Sam? As far as I know, he went to a, a um, some facility that holds animals like that down in Alabama or someplace. But I don't know for a fact. Oh, could it have been Oklahoma? I, I just don't know. <laughs> Tampa? That's where the yeah, that's where the Tiger King. Get, get Netflix and watch Tiger King. That that's uh that's well, well I, re- I remember not only Tyson's Tiger, but I represented a uh, company <laughs> that took a uh, they were you know, reminded me they were based near Tampa and they would uh rent out or take their animals to so the kids could get pictures taken with a little Tiger cub or whatever, and uh, that's got to be Carol Baskin. And of course, of course, PETA and the Humane Society of the United States didn't take too kindly to that, but that's the way it is. Huh. Wow, it wasn't the big cat animal sanctuary, was it? Or yeah. it was big cat, big cat animal rescue. Well, it was called Inhousers, Inkhousers, Exotics, or something like that. Uh, hmm. 
Mm. But that was their business. Yeah, they had a number of big cats. Interesting. Now, mind you, I always thought this, you know, I, I frankly, I agree with the Humane Society people that uh, in this day and age, in this society, we ought not to be keeping tigers and bears and things like that, uh, you know, in our house or someplace like that. I agree with that. But then when these people, like everything else, gets taken too far and you've got something that's acting like PETA, well, they need to be smacked down from time to time, which I was happy to do. <laughs> so you have a you have more of a problem with the overreach than you did the the basis for which they were filing. Oh, absolutely! I think anybody who keeps animals like that's nuts. <laughs> but you know they they had a right to do it. And uh, well, for example, Kenny had the problem. It's complicated. You got to get involved to have an animal like that. Uh, you had to have uh, licenses from the United States Department of Agriculture, the Department of Interior, et cetera, et cetera. And then when you go to move them across state lines, it's complicated. I advised SeaWorld one on a couple of occasions. Or and Tyson, for example, he would like to, he had a place in Connecticut and he had a place in Las Vegas and he had this place up in the northeastern Ohio where Don King had. That's how they got to get together. But anyway, he was always moving these animals around but they were all perfectly licensed cared for he had his own vet for heaven's sakes so but that wasn't good enough for the PETA people you, wow. so you what met, happened with the tight with the tyson's tigers do you like <laughs> every every case that you're uh you're involved in you find technicalities on well i'm a lawyer <laughs> no, this was this is much more this is much more direct we went on to, uh, we lost with the uh, zoning people, the zoning commission, and they didn't like, he had quite a spread, several acres. I mean, it was big and all fenced and everything was perfectly legal and everything else. But they, there was a school, an elementary school about a mile or so up the road, and they didn't want Tyson's Tigers near those, you know, little children. And I was hurt to say in the press, I said, look, he's got two white tigers. They're very rare. I mean, there are plenty of children, for heaven's sakes. Huh. I, I didn't really say that, but I thought it. <laughs> yeah. So just snack on a couple. <laughs> oh, that's funny, man. You mentioned uh, advising SeaWorld. I'm curious because uh, my wife's entire family, except for my mother-in-law uh, and my brother-in-law who married into the family, all worked at one time for SeaWorld. My brother-in-law, that's my wife's brother still works for SeaWorld down in San Antonio. And I'm curious, so do you, adv you advise the park up in Cleveland? Because I know they had to move Shamu every year. Uh, what, what was your involvement with them? I'm, I'm curious. Well, no, I, it was more consulting or something. I don't frankly don't remember why it was. Oh, okay. It was cer certainly no big deal. Oh, okay. Yeah, because um, uh, that was just I, a yearly I thing. Remember, but I was, I was talking to the people in Florida, so I don't know. Oh, okay. I thought it was because they had to move Shamu every year. And it was always a big deal when he came back. They'd take him off the plane and drive him down Aurora Road and back into the tank there in, in the park. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot harder, I would think, to move a fish. But who knows? Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, imagine that expense every year. Yeah, Probably. that's one of the reasons they uh, got rid of the park and sold it to Six Flags. And then Six Flags turned around and brought in their own orca. So. <laughs> But um, now you you said you represent all these people. The one and I haven't seen the Tiger King yet. But the one thing I did take away from it, maybe you can vouch for it, is it just seems that these people that own these exotic animals 
are all kind of a little off <laughs> in some way. Did you find that to be the case, or are they just, just regular folks yeah. in their hobby? Oh, yeah. Well, they're different. That's all. They're, I don't know about off. Uh, <laughs> I certainly didn't agree with them. But, uh, <clears throat> well, you, you meet crazy people every day in your job, like, for example, me. <laughs> but, no, they were they're sincere people that were just getting beat up on. For, well, I'll give you another example. Down in Ports, there's this guy. He liked to keep a mixture of wolves, actual, you know, wild wolves, and regular German Shepherd dogs. Well, this is this is dangerous. I mean, he shouldn't be doing that. Well, he was he went up someplace in northern Ohio to get these two dogs, or wolves, pups, mixtures, and he put uh, straw and stuff in the back of this old beat-up uh, station wagon to take them back. Well, on the way back, they're going to have to have something to eat, so he bought... He went to the butcher and got a half a cow uh, and tied it to the top of his car. Now, of course, he gets – and there's, there was still blood driven off of this half a car oh. tied to the top. And the oh back end was – it stunk pretty bad by that time he got back to Portsmouth from northern Ohio. But anyway, along the way, he wanted a beer or something, so he goes into Kroger's and parks in the parking lot. And in due course, the police come, and well, one thing leads to another. They take the wolves, and they arrest him, and oh, my goodness sakes. So we have a trial. It turns out uh, the wolves like that. Their habit is when they catch something, they will go bury it, or some of it, and then pee on it to mark the spot so they, they will find it again or to warn other animals away. Well, this, of course, was a crux of the uh, humane societies, local humane societies argument. Well, they're filthy. They pee on things. Well, they just didn't understand. Um, so I won that case. Oh, but again, again, it's a habit of overreaching or open your mouth before you know what you're talking about. So as their attorney, though, do you advise them after the trial is over, say, oh, by the way, you might not want to, you know, you might want to get out of this racket or something along those lines? Uh, no, I'm not their mentor. I just do my job, and they have a right to do it. In fact, during that chicken case, I got involved, got uh, interviewed by the local Portsmouth, Ohio paper. I said, "Look, uh, the minute I, you know, I, I just rep- I'm a lawyer. I represent people. Uh, but in the minute the chickens produce a, co- a constitution, I'll represent them too." So, how common is this, people? Uh, keeping exotic animals because and again from Tiger King it seems it's maybe a little more common than we know and we've had folks on from the zoo tell us that every now and then they have people turn up and say hey we have this thing we this lion we bought as a little cubby kitten and now it's way too big and it, do you did you run into that a lot oh yes yeah there's that it still goes on I'm sure for example I'm in Florida and if you'd like a python, I can fix you up with a few. <laughs> They're just crawling all over the place out there, I though, aren't they? Guy. You're dealing pythons? <laughs> no, no. Well, that's, how, that's how they got to be so bad down here. People would buy them as pets. And then, lo and behold, <laughs> they, right. they get a little too much to handle, and off they go to the Everglades, which is a perfect, ideal place for them. And now they've eaten all the raccoons and possums and small mammals. It's tough. So is Kenny still alive? I don't think so. 
Has anyone ever approached you about doing a documentary or a movie or anything about either you or, or Sam in particular? No, not really. The, I did, uh, the Warren County, uh, record center and historical society for some, <laughs> some reason ordered all my files, which I gave them to them. So if you want to know the complete story of Sam and all the press and everything, that's where you go. I reckon somebody will be approaching you soon, the way the entertainment business works. Because yeah. <laughs> this, this podcast better, right, until we get the rights to it solidified, and uh, there you go, pony yeah. <laughs> up. We'll, uh, we'll hook you up with Jim. It'll cost you though. <laughs> Did you have any uh, contact with a guy from Zanesville, like in what 2010, that uh, just let all his animals go? And, you know, they had that big uh, massacre where, you know, the, uh, of the police, you know. You know, I was retired. I, I remember what happened, but I was retired and down here in Florida at the time. So what, what other kind of lawyering did you do apart from helping folks with exotic animals? Well, trials, mostly all trials, you know, personal injury trials, that sort of thing. But, again, I was a small-town lawyer, so uh, I did, like everybody else, I did divorces for a while, and as soon as I could afford to. Not do it. I didn't do it. Do you get to a point when you take cases like this that, like, you just become bored with like regular lawyer work? <laughs> like, like how often do these type of cases come along that are just like you're constantly, you know, in the press and you know? I mean, I can't imagine if this was today. Well, I can't imagine if this was today because there's probably not a pl- a bar that would have a monkey in a cage like outside, but. The with social media and the way that the internet works now, it just seems like if this were to happen to today, like you'd be a superstar. Well, it would. It would. It would absolutely explode. And it. And even back then, this is the mid '80s. I mean, Chris, I got press all over the world just because it was a funny story. You know, who knows what things happen? You know. <laughs> So, so you won the case, and then so they get, you just got to take Sam home, and they said, "See you later." Oh yeah, yeah. So here, here's your monkey back. That was a, the Sam homecoming was quite something. It was big crowds and balloons, and Susie, the little chimp, came to welcome her boyfriend home, and it was just uh, <laughs> completely ridiculous. <laughs> uh, do you have pictures of any of this stuff? Oh yeah, they shot to all the museum, the Warren County. Record Center and the Historical Society, yeah. Go up to Warren County and go to the courthouse and in the basement, go to the Record Center and say, hey, I want to know everything about Sam, and they'll tell you. The reason they're keeping it there, I think, was because it was illegal. They, they keep track of what goes on in the courts and such for history's purpose. That sounds like a, a nice uh, social distancing uh, field trip we can take. I don't think there's going to be a lot of people down there. No. Are there <laughs> people Absolutely. In- so they have photos and everything because uh, on Google, there's basically like maybe two or three pictures. Yeah. I, 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 sent, you, I sent you some stuff this morning. Though. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. But where you, the original stuff, as I say, is in the Warren County Records Center in the Warren County Courthouse in the basement. So they've renamed the train stop in to the Monkey Bar and Grill. And uh, it looks like they have, they have a little bit of a homage to Sam there well i would certainly hope so <laughs> yeah they have like kids doing like fan art yeah well foster's been yuppified uh, you know hell loveland's been yuppified and then of course there's south lebanon whoever thought that south lebanon would be yuppified 
posters used to be quite a rough. My dad would talk about it. They were six or eight bars down there, uh, honky-tonks and brothels uh, back in the 30s and 40s, and perhaps earlier. It was quite a uh, quite a little place. In fact, my buddy Bob McElwee and I were Boy Scouts, and somehow he had got a car, which he drove and fixed up and everything else. Well, we'd, after Boy Scout meeting, we were 15 years old, we'd drive down a to Foster's and get a six-pack of beer in our uniform. So times have changed. <laughs> and did you earn your brothel badge? <laughs> <laughs> well, I refuse to answer that question. <laughs> so, oh, man. What, when and why did Kenny finally decide to remove Sam from the bar, or did he sell the bar? Like, how did What happened there? Well, I, don't, I really don't know the – or don't remember. It's more like at the – what went on? Because you know, then I kind of I'm done with the case. I sort of lost track of this. I don't know, but I did run into Kenny again. They didn't leave him alone. He was still there, and the bike trails going back and forth. And the Lycrid folks were still having to look at this uh, ape doing what apes do. <laughs> and so Kenny had built a. I don't know if you've been up there. There's a large patio behind that that they use for you know entertainment and display. Well, that large patio abuts the Little Miami River. That large patio is about, I would think, 12 feet thick with cement. What Kenny would do is, uh, when construction going on, these guys with their cement trucks needed someplace to clean them out, or they might have a half a load left. They'd want to carry it back. So Kenny would let them come down and dump their uh, cement right there, and he was building that slowly but surely up into a patio which he did. They won't leave him alone, so somebody complained to uh, the Army Corps of Engineers that he's dumping stuff in this scenic river. Well, we had a trial about that, and I beat them too. They just, <laughs> just wouldn't leave him alone. I think he just got tired of it, and he was getting older after all. That makes sense. Yeah, I know they across the street on the other side, there's public restrooms now, and he thought he owned that. This I read this somewhere. I think when I was trying to come up with the descriptions for the shirts we have, um, and doing the research there that, that across the street they, they where the public restrooms are now, he thought he owned that, and that was part of where Sam was kept. It was part of his play area, and the county or, or somebody came to him and said, no, that's you don't actually own that. We're taking that, and and I think that made yeah, him that, it too. Yeah. Now, I remember that now, yeah. That's true. Okay. So, that yeah, that might have might have forced his hand. Right. I mean, how much can you take? These people are just going to – well, they weren't going to leave him alone. And, you know, again, he had his – moment in the limelight and so did Sam and so did I and so we're all now happy. Did you ever you guys ever think of counter suing for harassment because the uh from the Humane Society or Well, not really. <clears throat> Excuse me. I you don't want to go too far with this stuff. And you know, I didn't make that much money on it anyway. Kenny didn't have any money. And uh there's a time to hang up your spurs, I think, and I and uh, that was the time. We had a big party when Sam got back, and everybody was happy, and I went away. And then Sam hung out for how much longer? I don't remember. Several years, I'm sure, but I, I just don't remember. And I don't remember what finally moved uh, Kenny or to take him to a shelter someplace. Yeah. I mean, the, I don't know. The rumor I heard was that he, it was like the late 90s, and then they ended up taking him somewhere, and Sam passed away like a month later or something. But I don't, 
I don't know if that's true. I, I think, you know, people come into our store and uh, start ranting. You know, what you eat, there's no way to verify anything, but yeah, yeah, the internet doesn't really yeah. seem to know. Yeah, I just don't know uh, at all. I've heard the same thing you have, naturally. So, when did you retire? Let me see. It took me three or four years to retire. I had the law firm, and, which I gave to my uh, uh, junior juniors then, and I had a security business down in Cincinnati as well. So it took me a while to get rid of that stuff. And my wife died very young of cancer, and I decided I am going to quit, and I did. And I decided that I was going to go someplace where he'd have to wear shoes or pants. Huh. And here, here I am in Fort Myers. 1999, 2000. I got down here in 2001, I think. And now uh, with this quarantine, we all feel like monkeys in cages. It's kind of come full circle. Well, I have a new kitten, so that's keeping us uh, that and chasing my wife around and vice versa. We're good. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you, you haven't had the itch to uh, get a little chump yourself or get into the exotic game since you, you know how to, to beat all the, the critics. <laughs> this kitten is exotic enough. <laughs> do you ever like? Do you still follow like legal cases and things like that, or you know, watch documentaries on it or whatnot, or follow big watch court TV or anything like that? Or are you? Are you well, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. I get in those files. You'll find there's a communication from court TV. They were going to to uh, televise the Sam trial. Aha! And something happened. I don't know what it was. Uh, they they couldn't do it or didn't do it or whatever, but no, I don't watch. Uh, I don't watch police procedurals. I, I don't watch TV at all. You do something long enough, and I'm not interested in watching somebody else is doing. It's not to me. It's not entertainment, you know. So how do you keep yourself busy in retirement down there? Well, I read a lot. We used to travel quite a bit, and that's about it. You ever get back up here to Cincy? Oh, yeah. My daughter, she works for the Cincinnati Foundation up there. Two grandchildren. So, yeah, I come up from time to time. My son lives in Vermont, and I never go up there. So we never asked you, where'd you go to high school? Did you grow up in Cincy? No, no, Lebanon. I'm a Lebanon boy. I was born in Lebanon, Ohio. My family got to Warren County in 1819. Wow. So, and been there ever since? Yep. Well, I moved, but, you know, people yeah, yeah. come and go. But when You were mentioning how kind of, uh, I guess for lack of a better word, yuppified Lebanon's become. But downtown Lebanon's really nice. It's become a very uh, nice destination uh, where a lot of oh, towns yeah. maybe have it's a, sort of a bedroom community now for Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, it's very nice. It's always been very nice. In fact, they, like any little town, they've hung on and tried to, you know, because business is tough. Uh, everybody gets stuff on Amazon, but they're very savvy on how to uh, market it. Now it's a big destination for antiques and all manner yep. of cuteness. Ride the train and get some ice cream, and uh, yeah, you could have yourself a nice day yeah. in Lebanon. You bet. Yeah. Go eat nice at the t- Golden Lamb. Exactly. Yeah. Eight, eight presidents or something stayed there? A bunch. Yeah. This has been fun, man. Yeah, we found out a lot. I just I, I want to see this movie like I like all I can think about. And I don't know if it's because the whole world is watching Tiger King. Oh, yeah. And, totally. uh, but I just the whole time he's talking, I'm like, this is this is this needs to be like a, a thing that everybody knows. Absolutely. Well, I think Clint Eastwood would 
playing me, probably. <laughs> there you go. Hey, but he's he's at least as old as I am, so that won't work. The any which way but loose. Every uh, but loose sequel. It's a shame uh, that Chuck Heston isn't still with us. Uh, get your hands off this damn dirty ape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just I just want to see more pictures and. Uh, so how we're gonna have to go up to the yeah. up to Warren County. I mean, sure. it just went. That's just a no-brainer. We're yeah. gonna have to do it. Great, great stuff for yeah. the blog, man. Totally do that. I've been there before, actually. Separate story. <laughs> so, does Sam, know who you were? Yeah, he, he was very, very bright guy. I mean, I spent quite a bit of time <laughs> with him, not in the cage, but you know, I was down there and around and whatever. So, and I was there just you know one or two on one. With him, so yeah, he recognized who I was. Did he uh, fling his poo anywhere? <laughs> no, I never saw him do that. He actually was pretty well behaved. Except when the lady, except, except made, for the, one the lady in from the main side, he made eye contact with him. <laughs> <laughs> That's a no no, huh? <laughs> That's I see. I see. He's wearing a t-shirt in one of the photos. That would have been great if we could have outfitted Sam. Oh like, yeah. I don't think we could have found a better spokesperson. <laughs> <laughs> You better find a pretty good sized T-shirt. Oh yeah, wonder what size he was. Say he's about 150 pounds, huh? I think so. Something like it. Well, I told you earlier on about my buddy deputy. <clears throat> I think he was a chief deputy at the time. And I was teasing him. I said, "Look, transfer." And he was worried about how they're going to get him back because the sheriff was ordered to bring him back. They're worried about this because it's going to cost them some money. I said, "How, Bill? Just get a uh, regular deputy sh- sheriff's." Shirt, just be sure it's got real long arms and put him in the front seat. Nobody will ever know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, in the, what, the 70s, there were chimps in movies all the time like that. I don't know, Lancelot Link, Secret Chimp show that they sometimes replay on Nick at Night. That's a uh, massive who. Uh, BJ and the Bear. Yeah. You, truck, truck you guys are much more into that than I am, so I don't know. <laughs> now the monkey would have to be, you know, computer uh, CGI. Right. Uh, so that wouldn't be as fun. This has been crazy. So Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson pays Bill, or is he still owe you? <laughs> no, no, he paid his bill, all right. And uh, in fact, this, uh, when I first started with that, the secretary opens all the mail, and she comes running in with this check from Tyson that he had signed. And she says, you're not going to cash it, are you? And I said, yes, I am, and right away. <laughs> yeah, they said uh, what Michelangelo or Picasso used to do that. If they owed owed somebody, they would uh, write a check and then in the memo draw a little sketch. Or it wouldn't have been Michelangelo, but Picasso. So yes, yeah, so a lot of a lot of his contractors and whatnot would never never cash it because they'd have a little little Picasso <laughs> uh, on the check. That's not funny. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take the money and run. Right, exactly. No doubt. Right on. Or anything else to add? Any other uh, tidbits? I, I feel like we could sit here and pull crazy stories from you all day. Well, do say hello to Gary Bergman because he'll remember a lot, probably a lot more than I did. But he was—he interviewed me several times, and we had a good fun with it. You know. Yeah, we'll definitely get on that. Yeah, because now that we're doing these Skype interviews during the lockdown, uh, yeah, maybe we can get that sorted. And you ought to up your video game. After all, I'm a very good-looking guy. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure there are a lot of people like me out there that don't have their pretty face in video. Yeah, that's our problems. We're not the pretty faces. We'll no, get that going someday. Here. Well, that's why we got to get that, that this uh, this movie sorted. 
for sure. I'm thinking Edward Norton for to play Jim. Young, yeah. young Jim Sheets. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who that. I don't know who that is, but I have to improve, approve, of course. <laughs> of course. Well, uh, before we let you go, we always ask our guests to give us a word. Uh, that people can use as a coupon for ordering uh, at this point online only. So if you were going to think of a word that people could use as a coupon, what word would you like it to be? Well, how about Sam? I think that's the only appropriate word. I was going to say, yeah. I'll write it down right now. There we go. Got it. So, uh, So from now until the next episode comes out, uh, you, the listener, can enter in promo code SAM at CincyShirts.com and save 20% uh, off your entire order. So I'm guessing that you're not big on social media or anything like that or, or doing anything that you want people to follow along with what you're up to now. It sounds like you're just enjoying your quiet life down in Florida. That's right. I'm on Facebook, but I'm very picky about it. And and frankly, I'm not really all that interested in what everybody else is doing anyway. There you go. <laughs> I think more of us need to have that attitude, honestly. That's a fact. Uh, just mind our own business. But if we uh, if we get the movie lined up, we're going to be calling again. Just a heads oh, up, yeah. Jim. Okay, I'll uh, make some parking out in front of my house so the <laughs> TV trucks and everything won't have some problem. Okay. We'll, we'll bring plenty of grape soda. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks for your time, man. Yeah. Thank you. Bye bye. Thanks. Jim Sheets, all kinds of monkey songs to choose from. Uh, you shouldn't shock the monkey, and you shouldn't sue the monkey either. Great 80s track there from Peter Gabriel. So it turns out we lost Kenny in 2013. Uh, no one knows what happened to Sam, but uh, chimpanzees lived to be about 40 years old, so he likely is no longer with us. The Monkey Bar and Grill at the train stop in is now known, still honors his memory, as well as that of the community of Foster. Uh, I'm not sure why Foster isn't Foster anymore. That's, that's a whole different story, I reckon. And now, if there's someone you'd like to hear on the podcast, or someone you'd like to hear again, just drop us an email, podcast at cincyshirts.com, and put podcast guest in the subject line. Tell us about the person you'd like to... Uh, get on the podcast, have us have on the podcast, um, a little a brief two, three-sentence bio, why they'd be a good guest. Or you want to hear somebody again, tell us why you'd want to hear someone again. Maybe there's something we didn't cover with that person. We're going to try and get, when this is all settled and we're all you know back to normal, uh, try to get Pat Barry on again and some of our other uh, favorite guests. We have had a few return guests, and now that I think about it, of course, John Keyswater, uh, the Haunted Cincinnati guy, Ronnie Salerno, came on, talked about abandoned stuff and Cincinnati's first outdoor pro soccer team, and then came back and just talked all about abandoned stuff. Uh, oh, and again, use that uh, same email address, podcast at cincyshirts.com. You chip in whatever you feel is fair via PayPal or Venmo if you'd like to support the show. Be sure to tell friends and loved ones about the show, including those who may no longer live in the area but still feel connected to the tri-state. And if you haven't already, plunder those Cincy Shirts podcast archives. Now would be a great time to do that. All 114 previous episodes. Episodes. They're all awesome, I can assure you. Uh, today's show is produced by me with all from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing. They are from Philadelphia. You can find all of their music on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your music. Find bitches t-shirts from great places like Boston, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Louisville, Seattle, Philadelphia, and more at OldSchoolShirts.com. Lots of defunct teams, uh, 
baseball, hockey, football, all the major sports, old shopping centers, restaurants, radio stations, and a selection of video games as well, old video games you might have uh, played as a youngster. It's like Cincy shirts, of course, but for those towns. And again, the promo code for this episode is SAM. Simple as that. All lowercase, all uppercase. You can alternate upper and lowercase. Doesn't matter. Uh, use it to take 20% off your entire CincyShirts.com or OldSchoolShirts.com or hack. Uh, you can use it on both sites uh, one time each. You can use the code in our physical brick-and-mortar stores <laughs> where they open, but uh, if you're listening to this sometime down the road, go listen to the latest episode of the podcast, uh, get the promo code, and you can use that in the stores as well over the Ryan Hyde Park and Loveland. Follow our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat for the latest in C-Shirts news. Tell your friends about the show. Give us a good review wherever you get the podcast from, and as always, download or stream us next time. Bye!